I want to thank everyone for being here today. I'm so, so excited. We have an amazing speaker to share her story of how she overcame an abusive relationship. Her name is Isabel, and she is the current Miss Orlando for America. Isabel, thank you so much for being on. I'm so excited to hear your story, and I want to thank you. You are truly inspiring other women as Thank you. you know, so many people are going through this right now. And um, by you sharing your story, you're really giving them a lot of hope and shining a light on this horrible, horrible thing that is happening too frequently. So for those that don't know you, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. I really do relish in any opportunity I get to share my story because like you said, especially right now because people are stuck at home, domestic violence, you know, that issue of being stuck in a home with your abuser, that is like just skyrocketing right now. So, um, you know, any chance we can get to share stories and share how people can help themselves is really great. So thank you for doing this. I think it's so awesome and I'm excited to speak with you today. Mm -hmm. um, so a little bit about myself, I am, the current Miss Orlando for America with the Miss for America organization. We're the second inaugural class of Miss for America, which if you guys don't know much about that, it's actually the sister pageant of the Mrs. America organization. So I'm super excited to be competing hopefully in July unless this gets extended any further than we'll see. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. And I know you're competing for Miss North, Mrs. North Carolina. I am, yes. yes. We, we are so excited. We were originally competing in March and we've pushed hopefully to June 20th ourselves. So. Oh yeah, I will pray for you guys too because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm itching to get back on stage. So I can't wait. Um, I, and I just want to know for certain that we can compete because right? I did so well with an end goal. And mm -hmm. having this unknown of what phase we're going to be in and our, our spectators going to come and all of this is, is definitely a lot. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a lot of uncertainty, but you know, I think a lot of positives have come, have come from like the quarantine as well. Like I feel the most rested as um, I'm a senior in business school. So like, you know, this is like supposed to be like a really stressful time of my life, like leading up to finals. And now I'm like the most rested I've ever been. I'm like going on bike rides. Yeah. So, um, that's been good, but yeah. Now what will happen with graduation being a senior? So, um, I actually was set to graduate in the summer. So, um, it hasn't directly affected me in that way yet, but my boyfriend actually, he's officially, I guess, graduated now. Right. And so I, I do feel bad though, because um, he obviously won't get to walk. So, you know, shout out to all of the seniors, whether you're in high school, undergrad or graduate school, you know, I, I feel like we're all so sorry for you guys and you'll have to celebrate in your own way. Like for him, we had a little grad party to so, still like recognize it and all, but yeah. We are definitely thinking about all the graduates right now. For sure. So tell me about your story. Tell me about the relationship you were in. How did this happen? How old were you? Yeah, so I was 19 years old. Um, it was my freshman year of college when I met him. Um, so I was actually 18 when I met him, but, um, you know, in the beginning, it's always so great. And I'll never forget, 
oftentimes when I tell my story, I tell people that I literally thought I found my Prince Charming. And I remember being 18 years old and literally thanking God for this person that was sent into my life. He was this, you know, romance novel, fairy tale guy that would come to my work and bring me flowers. And all my friends were like, oh my gosh, like you really found this great guy. And um, I actually met him when I went to school in New York. So I'm originally from New York. I went to a university there for a year and he decided our second year of college to withdraw. Um, for his own reasons and moved to Florida. And me being the, you know, not a whole lot of common sense going on upstairs, 18 year old that I was, yeah, (laughs) with no family, no job, no guarantee that I was even going to get into the University of Central Florida where I go now. Um, I just went because I thought that I was in love and, you know, at that time that he was like everything. So, um, you know, my parents begged me not to do it. My parents didn't like him. They didn't trust him. My mom actually, she, so my mom is a saleswoman and she always referred to him. She was like, he's a salesman. Like he's selling you something. It's not real. And like, you know, if your mother doesn't like someone guys, (laughs) listen to them, please. Because, um, the next few months of my life, I moved to Florida Um, At the time I lived in Tampa, I attended the University of Tampa because like I said, I I mean, I moved without even having a guarantee that I was going to get into the university I wanted to go to. And um, it just was like a light switch. Um, The person that I had met and fallen in love with when I met him in New York to the person that was here in Florida who was supposed to be protecting me and helping me through this really big change in my life just all of a sudden was someone completely different. And uh, it was just, it was really hard to handle. And it, it started with a lot of emotional abuse. And I didn't realize it at the time because I just didn't know that that was even a thing, that emotional abuse can be something that can be so detrimental and damaging to a person. But, you know, I look back now And the fact that I don't have a single friend from my time at the University of Tampa outside of my roommate, um, my sorority that I was in back in New York, um, during that year relationship, I barely spoke to them. Um, He didn't want me talking to my family. I wasn't allowed to get a job. I wasn't allowed to go out and get a drink with my girlfriends or, you know, meet people like everything just had to be me and him and if it wasn't then he would get angry and so I spent probably six months of my life trying to walk on eggshells and make him as happy as I could Um, and it was awful it took a really big toll on me emotionally Um, physically it took a really big toll on me it took a toll on my grades I mean I've always been someone who has like really like loved school and loved learning. And, you know, when somebody is just putting you down constantly like that, you don't love anything except like everything is just trying to please them. Um, And even I have always done pageants. I started competing when I was 10. And during that time, I didn't compete at all because how could I compete if like I didn't like have the confidence to do it because he was always putting me down. Um, And really the final straw was I'll never forget the day, but it was October 
um, 27th, it was a Halloween party that we went to. And it was funny because things actually had seemed to be going better. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those like calm before the storm moments where I was like, wow, like things have been going so good. He's been in such a good mood. Like maybe like I really did change him for the better. You know, we always think that we can do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was unaware of the fact that he apparently had been taking um, pills. I don't know if they were prescribed to him, if they weren't, whatever. doesn't matter. And it's not an excuse either way for what he did. Um, but he drank and took pills and um, something I did made him mad. And and I do always like to say before I get to this part in the story that it is hard for some people to hear and I'm sorry for that. Um, so if you do get you know, triggered at all. Um, maybe don't listen to the next part, but, um, he basically, we got back to the house and he held me down and tried to suffocate me with a pillow. Um, Yeah. You know, beat me up pretty bad and it was just awful. It was, you know, to this day, I still get nightmares about it. And it's something that will probably be with me forever, unfortunately. And even though, I healed from it and, you know, I got out of that situation. It's just, it's one of those moments you think back on. And that really was the turning point for me because I remember being there, laying there and being like, you know, I've done this to myself. I put myself in this situation. I blame myself for so long, which is why it took me so long to even tell anybody about it because I was ashamed. But yeah, so after that, like I said, um, you know, as soon as I was able to get him off of me, I pretty much gathered up my stuff. I went down to see my roommate um, in Tampa and I, I stayed with her and until I could kind of get back on my feet. And I never looked back, um, luckily, because it just, I don't know, it was just, it was hard, but it was necessary. And I think my survival mode kind of kicked in where I was like, okay, you really can't be in this situation anymore. It's time to, you know, get out of this and move on. And that's why um, my platform and my survival story, I call it life outside of him because my life up until that point was really consumed by him and making him happy and being afraid of him all the time. And afterwards it was really just trying to struggle to figure out how to live with myself again and rebuild myself so Isabel I am so sorry that you had to go through that and I'm so proud of you for sharing your story Um, as someone who went through very very similar situations I know firsthand exactly Mm -hmm. how um, self-defeating it is and how hard it is to regain your self-confidence because you believe anything they say And you are so far isolated from everyone that it doesn't matter what anyone else says. It's what he says. And if he tells you you're worthless, you're worthless. You deserve it. You asked for this. Um, So you are so brave in sharing your story. And I know it's going to help a lot of people. So I have so many questions. Um, (laughs) Number one, during this time, did your parents know anything? I know when I was going through this, I kind of hid it a lot. I was also in college. Myself, I just started freshman year. I also was in a sorority. I was going to school in Indiana University, and I transferred to North Carolina to be by him. I wasn't allowed to hang out with anyone, um, but I know when it was me, I hid it from my parents a lot because I didn't want them to know. I didn't want to hear it. 
Um, yeah. that I, I thought they were going to lecture me and tell me that I was wrong. And he was it. He was Prince Charming. He's everything I've dreamt of. So tell me a little bit about that. And especially the night in October, did you end up telling your parents that? And if so, how did they respond? So I definitely hit it. I was similar to you. Um, I think it does, it stems a lot. I actually, I saw something that you wrote on Facebook the other day about, um, you know, you see yourself as this strong, smart person. And so you don't want anybody to know that you've put yourself into this situation because, you know, to most people, people of that are victims of domestic violence, they aren't these strong, smart people. So, you know, you just, you really don't want people to see you as that victim. At least that's how I was. I um, so I hid it from everybody. I hid it from um, my family, my friends, um, you know, it just, I didn't want anybody to know about it. And I actually never told my family um, for a long time until probably a year after I had been out of the relationship. Um, even that night in October, I just, I couldn't do it. Um, I'm really close with my family mm -hmm. and I just knew that like, you know, even though they didn't like him, they trusted him to take care of me and keep me safe when I moved because I moved over a thousand miles away from everything I knew. And so I don't know, I just couldn't do it. But, um, finally in, um, I believe like 2019, around January, I went home for a couple weeks back to Buffalo where I'm from. And, um, I told my parents and it was so hard to tell them, but it was such like a big relief off of my shoulders because it was just this like secret, I guess, that I was harboring. And, um, of course, like it hurt them to hear, but you know, they were so supportive and sympathetic because my other thing was that, um, a big fear of mine, like, and a reason why I didn't tell people is because I think you always, especially as a woman, kind of fear that people aren't going to believe you because there is always that factor. I mean, you see it a lot with sexual assault victims. You see it a lot with domestic violence victims. Like any traumatic thing that happens to a woman, for whatever reason, I think people tend to say, oh, you're overreacting or you're emotional. And that was what I was really scared of. Yeah. I know when I finally, and it took me 10 plus years to start sharing my story. Um, when I finally did, and I think you'll probably agree with this, you feel like this weight has been lifted off your shoulder. Mm -hmm. I really found that by sharing my story, I stopped protecting my abuser because this whole yeah. time, that's what I was doing. I was protecting him. And if he was to find out that I was talking about it, what was he going to think of me? Mm -hmm. It's nuts. It's crazy. Why? Why? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> So. I know exactly what you mean, though, because I felt the same way. And even still to this day, and it's like, I, I wish I could get rid of this little nagging voice in my head. But even now, like, as I'm speaking about this to you, I still am like, oh, like, you know, it kind of sucks that I'm saying this. But it, like, it's like, I don't know what that is. It's like, they just get you like so much to the point where you're still all these years later, like, <laughs> yes, a thousand times over. Um, okay, so from that then, how did you start your healing process and what advice do you have for someone that might be in this situation themselves or have a daughter or a friend going through this? Yeah, so my healing process, it was a slow one. I definitely had a couple weeks where I just kind of had to really just sit alone in my room and like evaluate everything. Um, but after that, I really started to 
force myself to start doing things that I love to do that I hadn't been able to do in a long time. So I'm a big reader. I love reading books and I love like visiting like pretty parks and stuff. So I live in Orlando and I would go to the Winter Park area if you're familiar with it. Craft Azalea Park is really beautiful. And I would take a nice book and just go read by myself and just enjoy the nature and the peace and quiet or I'd go to cute little coffee shops or, you know, go to dinner with one of my girlfriends or, you know, whatever it was. And um, eventually I actually forced myself to enter a pageant again. Yeah, it was awesome because um, I think that was one of the biggest things for me that really helped me because it helped me kind of find a sense of community again. Um, And it, it helped me build my confidence back up. I will say like, pageants are great for that. Um, They really will help you love everything about yourself and the people in them will really like just embrace you with that love. But yeah, for me, it was really just rediscovering like what my life was before him and getting back into that. And that really is my advice for anyone who is going through this is, you know, one, you know, just my biggest thing I tell people, especially um, young girls, because I'm seeing more and more these very, very young people that are getting into these domestic violence situations, unfortunately. Um, But when we're young, I think that it's so easy, even if it's not an abusive relationship, to become so consumed by the relationship itself. Um, Especially now with social media and you want to have this image out there of everything being perfect with you and your partner. Um, But the biggest question that you should always ask yourself is, you know, do I still love me enough that if this isn't right for me anymore, whether it is a case of abuse or whether it's a case of, hey, I just got my dream job in New York City and I want to go, but this person doesn't want me to, you know, it's loving yourself enough to still go and take that job or, you know, go seek help with a women's group or whatever it is. Um, Just making sure that you do have enough love for you because, you know, really we're all we got in this world and, you know, I just think that that's so important to convey to people. And it's something that's um, not necessarily like really taught that much in schools. Like we talk about the red flags and stuff, but you know, if we saw the red flags then there would be a lot less people that got into these situations. So yeah, definitely just, you know, making sure that you're very present in the relationship and, you know, of course, if you do have a daughter or you have children, um, if you start to suspect that you're in an abusive relationship, one, go talk to someone either at a women's shelter or you can find really great women's groups, but always have a plan. Um, that was something that I always wished that I had done better on was when I started to realize, okay, like this isn't really a good idea is, you know, know where your escape route can be because you don't want to find yourself in that situation, especially with children where there is no plan B. So you are so spot on again. Um, I'd like to think that I, you know, in school we were taught an abusive relationship is physical violence, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, occasionally talking down to you, but when you're in it and you're in the thick of it, it's hard to see that. It's hard to see what emotional abuse is, what sexual abuse is, because we're in a relationship, you know, is this normal? Is this not normal? 
Um, but I think you're exactly right that you need to still maintain self-love. And if he loves you or she loves you, they're going to be supportive. If it's a dream job in New York City, there's no reason that they should hold you back from that. And if they start to, that might be an indicator that something doesn't feel right here. So mm -hmm. totally agree with you there. Um, one of my last questions for you is how have you grown from this experience? It was traumatic and horrible, but at the end of the day, you were thanking God for him in your life. And while you probably didn't see it after immediately, mm -hmm. I know for me now I look back and I'm like, wow, I am a stronger person. I am committed. I, I learned to love myself. Um, so as bad as the situation as it was, I came out on the other side so much stronger. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. I think, um, you know, of course, it's a terrible thing that happened, but everything does happen for a reason. And I think, at least in my optimistic mind, that for me, it happened to make me stronger. And really, in a way, sometimes I'm thankful it happened at the age it did, um, because at 19, I was so just clueless about love and relationships. And so then the worst of the worst happened. And now I've been able to as a woman in a relationship now, like really like one, learn to love myself and grow in that aspect. But also as a partner, I really recognize like I know what I will and will not accept now. Um, and I've been very quick when I did get back into dating before I met my boyfriend now. Um, I like knew I was like, you know, I'm not going to put up with this. I will put up with this, but not that, you know, and so it just it helps you um, reevaluate how you see relationships, I think. But especially for me, um, my number one thing I will say that I think, you know, for anyone out there that is another survivor of domestic violence, the point in which I truly started to like heal from it was when I started to tell my story. And that is like the best advice I can give anyone who's still kind of struggling and is, you know, down and still trying to figure out how to like grow from that situation. Start telling your story because the feeling of knowing that you could possibly be saving someone from their own situation that they're in, um, that is like such an incredible feeling and you know just being able to make something positive of darkness in your life is so great so for me that was like really the point in which i was like okay like this is great like i'm starting to do something positive with this really terrible thing that happened and so that's why I really just want to keep doing it, um, continue to tell my story and hopefully help as many people as I can. Sister, I am so proud of you. And mm -hmm. again, I cannot thank you enough. I hope we both will get to see each other at yeah. the Mrs. America, Miss for America pageant in August. Yeah. That'll be awesome. So definitely keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And again, I am just, I'm so proud of you. I'm so thankful. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for sharing your story. It really is amazing to hear that someone as beautiful as you and as young and just full of life, you went through a hard time and you overcame it. And that is what this is about. Um, so you are sharing your light with the world and I am so thankful. Well, thank you. And thank you for doing the same. You're actually one of the first title holders I've had the opportunity to speak with that has a similar platform to mine. So it's really cool to be able to connect with other survivors out there. So it's awesome. I agree. Well, I hope you have an absolute wonderful rest of your week. 
and I'll be cheering you on. For those who want to follow your journey, what is the best way to follow you? And if so, will you attach your handle for me? Yes. So it is on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And you can follow me at Miss Orlando for America 2020, or you can follow me at Izzy Scorman. So perfect. Awesome, guys. I will tag her links as well at the bottom of this message. And if you want to be featured on the podcast and video conference, hit me up. We'd love to share your story. Thank thank you you guys so much.